All right. Um, let's get to it. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today is run coach, trainer, D1 sprinter, three time Boston oh. marathoner. Uh, you really dug into that bile, <laughs> huh? Yep. <laughs> Jess Wayashi. How you doing? What's up? Good. How are you? You know, so we did the the prep. Like we did, we we met for like we before this episode, we did 10, 15 minute prep. And you failed to mention to me that you're a D1 sprinter. And I had to dig through oh, your yeah. Instagram bio <laughs> to find it. Well, tell so what's hold on. Let's I want to start there. Cool. Where did you go to school? How did you get into track? And what how like walk me through the story of you being a D1 sprinter? Yeah, so I went to High Point University. It's in North Carolina. Um, and prior to that, like grew, grew up in New Hampshire, really small, rural, in the woods school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started running as a freshman there. Um, yeah, and I just, oh, I had school. like in high school, in, yeah. Okay. And I had a cross country coach who was kind of everybody's coach. Mm -hmm. So she, bless her heart, didn't know really what she was doing with sprints, but I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit of a shock. I was a walk-on recruit for High Point University. um, And I I competed there. And that was a whole shock in itself, kind of coming from a really small school. I didn't even have a track at my high school. So the only time I ever stepped foot on a track was at a track meet. So I mm. never practiced on a track. So now I go down to North Carolina where, you know, you're practicing on the track at least two hours a day. You're in spikes every day. It was like a whole different ball game. I'm adjusting to this heat. I remember, I'll never forget my first, my first practice. My coach was like, that girl has never lifted a weight in her life. Wow. We need to get her in the weight room. And two, I'm like cramping up. I'm like pausing mm. on the side of every like interval we're doing because I just was not used to the heat mm-hmm. or being in spikes every day. My body was like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a cool transition, you know, kind of coming from that super small, you know, environment, not being, not having access to a truck or proper mm-hmm. training, proper coaching, and then suddenly being like inundated with it. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a crazy transition. I think I gained like 25 pounds my my freshman wow. year there just from lifting and pure, pure muscle 25 pounds of yeah 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 <laughs> that's wild so when you started when you started in high school as a freshman so you said there wasn't a track at your high school so you did cross-country training no I we just ran in like the school hallways because I was what? in New Hampshire so like we it, it was cold in the winter yeah. time we would run in the school hallways we would run in the gym. We would run on the soccer fields and just wow. like our paved parking lots. Like you just made it happen without a we track. Just, yeah. We just, yeah. We just track workouts minus the track. And it was really interesting because we had blocks. Like oh, blocks wow. have the, you know, yeah, they, they, belong, they, they dig of... into the track. Yeah. And we would have to, we wouldn't, we would have to have people stand on the back of them mm-hmm. so that we could appropriately push off of them wow <laughs> it was a, it was pretty wow. wild <laughs> that's insane so what we makeshifted but we but we did it you made it happen what did yeah. you run what did you run in high school um and then what did you compete in when you made it to college great question i competed in high school 100 meters 200 meters long jump was like my oh, bread wow. and butter um and then they had the 300 meter hurdles mm-hmm. in high school. And so those were my events and the four by one, I would switch out, you know, a few events here and there. And then I got to college and I really, really loved the long jump, really loved the long jump. I faulted every single jump, every single meet my freshman year. Cause I'm spending, you know, a few times a week with the jumps coach, a few mm-hmm. times a week with the, with the sprints coach. My theory is that I was getting stronger and faster and just couldn't quite navigate hitting 
hitting the box mm-hmm. at the right point. So mm-hmm. I, so at the end of the year, my coaches are like, we know you love long jump, but <laughs> you're not helping us out very yeah. much. And you're not giving us anything to work with. Wow. Uh, so we, we pulled long jump. So then I just became sprints. And so yeah. in college I started, um, 100, 200 and four by 100. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely like some fast, like you're a speed runner. Um, what made you get into running to begin with? Like, like when, as a freshman, so I know a lot of people that got into running early, like early in life, their childhood was pretty much cross country track, you name it. What made you want to get into running going into freshman year of high school without even there being a track at your school? Sure. So I remember I was in like fourth grade and we did a whole series of like learning about the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And so we did like a mini Olympics. Mm. And then I moved, I was in Florida at the time. We moved from Florida to where my parents live now in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And so in New Hampshire, um, I just remember having like a great experience. Like I was pretty fast on the playground. So I was always challenging kids to like run with me and ask like the, the teacher who was assigned a recess to be our judge. And it was funny. Um, but I remember having just a great experience with that just because I was, you know, faster than the kids. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, like, this is great. Right. So I had a great experience with that. Um, moved up to New Hampshire throughout middle school. They didn't have a track team, but I knew the high school when you get Mm -hmm. to high school, they did. Mm -hmm. And throughout middle school, I started getting into sports. That was how I made friends with people. Um, all of my friends played softball and softball was the same season as, or yeah, softball was the same season as track. Mm -hmm. And I was terrible at softball, (laughs) like, but I did it to fit in because all my friends were doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept saying, Oh, this is going to be my last year. Like as soon as I get to high school, I'm out, I'm track and field. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of that transition. What happened there? Um, so but basically, yeah. basically you got a taste of the podium when you were in fourth grade beating everybody because <laughs> you're so fast. And then you're like, later on down the road, you were like, oh, I remember that feeling. I want to be back on the podium oh, and yeah. beat everybody. That's pretty, that's what I got from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. that's cool. Uh, and so anything else? So you tried softball, uh, didn't really work out. You did track and field, any other sports growing up or no, or have you always been like pretty athletic and, and more of a speed runner, um, as an athlete? Uh, I was a three sport athlete. So basketball, another huge part of my life. Um, Mm. I, I competed in AAU. We went to, I played in a tournament overseas in in France and Switzerland, which was really great. Um, yeah, basketball was like year round for me. Um, and I started that in fifth grade. Mm. Um, and then you're competing internationally in basketball when you're in fifth grade going into middle school? No, that was in high school when we did that international, yeah, competition. But um, yeah, basketball was like my first sport. I still love it. I love to play pickup and um, I love to watch people play basketball. Uh, I'm also, I also started volleyball in Mm -hmm. high school. So that was another sport. So my three sports, track and field, basketball, volleyball. Mm. Did you want to try out for either like basketball or volleyball when you got into college, or did you know that you wanted to try to walk on and make the, uh, the track team? Volleyball and track and field came so much more naturally for my, mm-hmm. I guess, athletic abilities. Mm-hmm. So they, they were kind of like, I knew I wanted to keep sport in my life when I went to college. Mm-hmm. So if I had the opportunity to, you know, still compete Mm-hmm. at a high level. That's what I wanted to do. Basketball, totally wish I could, but the reality was I just wasn't as good as what other colleges were recruiting at the time. Maybe if I went to like a smaller D3, mm-hmm. um, that would have been an option for me, but yeah, I kind of wanted out of new England when I was looking at colleges. So, mm-hmm. and high point, if you've never heard of or seen that campus, it is just unbelievable. So I went down to visit and it was just like immediately like, okay, this is it. This is yeah. like, I, I just am going to be spoiled and well taken care of here. Wow. Um, of course I'm still paying for it, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That's funny. So I earned a uh, an academic scholarship to go to go to college, um, and I was being recruited to play football. So I had it was like it was, I checked off two of those boxes. I was able to go for my education and go for on an academic scholarship and continue mm-hmm. to play football at the next level, private school, small private school, D three school in the Midwest. But what's so funny cool. is how you how you describe your campus when they gave me the off the academic scholarship and they offered me to like go and play football I didn't care I was like I don't care what the campus looks like I don't care what town it's in I don't it doesn't matter to me I got I like I wanted to sign the paper and say okay I'm going to school almost for free it was a, a three-fourths oh, that's amazing academic scholarship so but but they were adamant about having me go and I think it was mostly because I was a, a football recruit that they wanted me to me to meet the team and the players and the coaches and uh, get a sense of of like that culture and atmosphere for, for football that's um, so cool and so yeah it was funny because I was telling them I mean I'm what like 18 years old in high school and I'm like no just give me the scholarship and like I'm good to go I don't care where I go right um if I get that scholarship they're trying to sweeten the deal though but yeah. you're like you're like I <laughs> no, don't even like, need the no, deal like, yeah, yeah, it's you, right here <laughs> you don't need to sell me on anything like I don't care what you know and I'll go um and I, I knew it was a smaller school I knew like it was in the midwest I knew it was going to be a little different or for sure or a lot different um but it didn't matter to me because I was like with my background and my family and like the things that I need to do is I'm gonna I don't care give me the scholarship let me play football and I'm there um, so cool. So that's that's we had two different experiences you fell in love with your campus at first sight and I was like I don't care where I go just give me that scholarship yeah right let me let me play football and we'll be fine <laughs> um yeah that's uh that's funny um so, okay. So after, after, or I, you know what, walk me through your college experience. Like how was it walking on? Were you pretty confident that you could make the team? Were you on the fence about like, could you keep up or like walk me through um, did your experience wanting to, to try out and wanting to walk on the team. And then when you made the team or when you got that, when coach said you're on and just walk me through that whole experience. Yeah. It's really interesting. Actually, when I first met the track coach, at High Point University. I was down there because I also got a partial academic scholarship there. Another one of the reasons that influenced my Mm -hmm. decision to say yes on top of just, you know, beautiful campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And they really make you feel special when you you show up for a tour. Um, So I went down to have interviews um, for my academic scholarship. Your interview then determines, you know, how much you you would earn for that Mm -hmm. scholarship. And so while I was down there, I said, let me just reach out reach out to the coach, see if he's open to, you know, walk on recruits. And the track and field team was, you know, fairly small at the time. Um, and so they, we organized a time to meet. Um, and so a few weeks before we're making the trip down to meet with the coach, um, I'm competing at indoor, um, indoor championships up in New Hampshire. And so we're running at Dartmouth and it's my last race. It's the four by uh, four by one sixty in the, in the indoor there. Mm-hmm. So I was running with a few teammates. I was the last leg and it was my last race of the evening and another runner and I got tripped up. Wow. And so we just came crashing down hard, sprained my ankle. I fun fact, I've never broken a bone but I got my ankle pretty good. It is a torrential snowstorm up there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in a lot of pain, but we're at Dartmouth. So Dartmouth hospital is, is, you know, close by. So my dad puts me in the car and we're driving like five miles per hour to get to this damn hospital. (laughs) My ankle is just like ballooning up Mm. in like a week or two weeks. I have to go down and meet this coach. So anyway, we're in the hospital, we're there, you know, I don't know, probably like three or four o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. wait out the storm a little bit, then decide to drive home. Fast forward, I go to meet this coach, I'm on crutches. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, first impression. Oh, first impression. Not in your favor. Well, I was so stubborn. I was like, I'm not walking into this coach's office on crutches. Okay. And so we pull up, and there's, it's kind of like, they used to have 
now there's a beautiful track facility, but um, the coaches used to be in, in these houses. Like there was a track mm. house, a baseball mm. house. And so the offices were in there. And so we pull up and there's just, you know, a line of two steps to get into the building. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, dad, I'm not bringing in my crutches. And he's like, okay. So he comes around, he puts his arm around my shoulder and he's like helping me hobble wow. up the steps. In- incognito, I, like he can barely see you helping yeah. him, or him helping you. Wow. Well, so, so yeah. So then, so we get into the house. Um, I see somebody and they're, I'm like, oh, I'm here for coach es- Esposito. And they were like, all right, just here's his office. Go have a seat in there. Um, and then he texts me and he's like, Hey, running late, like just coming back from a meet or a practice or something. I'll be there Mm -hmm. in five. So I'm sitting in the chair already when he walks in. Mm -hmm. So I stand up, like favoring my left ankle, like give him a handshake. He sits down, he's chatting with my dad and I, uh, and then he's like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta run to this next appointment. Like, so nice to meet you. Let's keep in touch over email. I want to hear about how your outdoor season goes. Mm -hmm. And then he takes off. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Like he doesn't have to see me walk at (laughs) all. He doesn't have to witness my coming in and out of this building up and down these steps. Um, Yeah, so I was pretty, pretty pumped about that. And I was like, ah, it all, it all works out, right? And so I think probably still to this day, he never knew I had a pretty severe sprain (laughs) in my ankle. (laughs) Until he hears this episode. (laughs) Until he hears this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, little did he know, that's wild. So you yeah. didn't have like a boot on or a cast. You were just like regular. I had an air cast, but I think maybe at the, at that time, but I think maybe I had taken it off just, oh, okay. you know, just for, for appearances. The, for shows. Yeah. Just for, for- shows. <laughs> wow. Um, I was, I didn't know any better. And I was terrified that maybe that would affect my, oh, my, yeah. re- my walk on recruiting ability. Cause I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't coming for scholarship. Mm-hmm. So. It worked out. So, um, actually uh you never broken a bone i've do fractures count as breaking a bone they do right or no i mean you, technically it's broken yeah, bone. it's not it's not 100 yeah, yeah. How it should be so i fractured i fractured my wrist playing football the sophomore or junior year i remember like i think it was towards the tail end of the season it must have been junior year uh or sophomore year yeah and then um but I remember I, I, I fractured my wrist uh, in like the first quarter. Like, I didn't know that it happened either. I think someone, Oh um, man, I, I went to go make a tackle and the guys, the guy, the running backs helmet, like the guy, when he was falling, I was going to tackle him like, or to finish a tackle and his helmet just spear spearheaded my hand Ugh. and like the, the top part of my hand and my wrist, like bent back or down. Um, and I fractured my wrist and then played the rest of the game with a fractured wrist, but I didn't know. Unknowingly on a, yeah, unknowingly. Yeah. I was like, uh, oh, like this so is probably just a dull pain the whole time. You're like, yeah, I'll shake it off. Yeah. But like, I remember I couldn't, I couldn't like hold anything. Like if you want, if I wanted to make like a tackle or like I'd favor my, my right hand and my arm and like, I would try to hit with my body pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't until after the game when, um, I realized that like when I went to see the doctor and I had to get put in a cast and yeah, I had a fracture, uh, the worst like leg foot injury I, I had was also playing football. I sprained my Achilles and that Oof. was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Like, so is the sharp pain is probably what gets me the worst. Um, and yeah, I wasn't able to walk for a while. I had to get, had to get, I was in a boot for a long time. I did physical therapy, you name it. Um, and yeah. Sometimes sprains and strains are so much worse than a clean break. Oh. You're like the mm-hmm. bone can just fuse together the muscle. I need to retrain and let oh, it tighten yeah. up. And uh. even like, like psychologically, I was always like in fear of the pain again, like the sharp pain again, yeah. it's just really, it really does hurt a lot. And it, it messed mess with my mind for a long time for like part of the physical therapy was for me to overcome that fear of getting hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a process, um, which actually you probably know a lot about this too, being a, a personal trainer, right? Like you, you're educated in, in personal training and physical therapy or no? Not physical therapy, but I, but for personal training, personal training. I have a couple of clients where if they're rehabbing from injury mm-hmm. and they're coming from a physical therapist, mm-hmm. I'll often have conversations with their physical therapist to say, Hey, what kind of, you know, what work have you done? What exercises have you been working on together? 
Mm-hmm. What do I need to know so that I can, you know, make sure I'm appropriately training mm-hmm. and progressing my athletes so that they don't become re-injured. Got it. All right. We're, we're going to talk. I about also that. work in tandem with, um, I just made a connection here in Philly with uh, a physical trainer who is also uh, a certified run coach and okay, he primarily cool. works with runners. So I'm like, yes, this is a great connection for us. So we nice. can kind of feed each other back and forth now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Cause it's awesome. like, you know, let people stay in their wheelhouse. Mm. Mine's the coaching, the mind motivation, the body work. Yeah. <laughs> More the, a, the rehabbing and the nutrition I, I can outsource. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're going to talk about that in, in a second. I want to cool. bounce back to your college experience. So after meeting that coach for you to get on the team, did you have to, you had to put up times or like you had to run on the track with the team, walk me through the process after meeting the coach, uh, between meeting the coach and joining the team? Gosh, yeah. Um, so then, so that was the head coach that I met with. Mm-hmm. He was also the cross, the cross country coach. Um, so the next step was getting introduced to the sprints and the jumps coaches. Um, so I was introduced to them and they took my times that I had used in high school mm-hmm. to say, okay, this is what we can work with. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, that part is a little bit, I just remember showing up to practice and I don't think there was another conversation. They were like, here's the time. Here's when we work out, show up and start working. Yeah. Show you're on the team. Wow. That's cool. That's a very like seamless process. That's, that's nice. As far as Um, I remember it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. And so then, all right. So fast forward to post-college you're done running. How did you get into becoming a run coach and a trainer after college? Yeah. So after college in 2012, I decided to run my first marathon. Nice. Um, Boston? Yeah. Three-time Boston finisher. Really? Wow. Yeah. Boston marathon was my very first marathon. We We have that in common. Oh, no way. Yeah, I just ran Boston. Yeah, two weeks ago. Or yeah, oh, hell three, yeah. Two weeks ago. That was my first my first official marathon was Boston. Yeah. Yes. So at the time, so I studied sport management in college. Okay. So after I graduated, I got a job at Gillette Stadium up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Nice. Closer to home. So I'm I'm working sales for the MLS team, the New England Revs. Mm-hmm. So I'm working sales there. I was there for about two years. Um, and so through the organization, we work, you know, right next door to all of the Patriots staff and we're at the stadium, the offices are at the stadium. Mm -hmm. So it's always really cool to see, oh, who's, whose car is in what, you know, parking spot is Tom Uh, Brady here today? Like, (laughs) but you, have you you met, have you met him? Have you met him? I have. That's cool. That's, that must be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've met a, a couple of the players. Um, so, so my working there, the craft organization, the crafts like reached out and said, Hey, we have a number of charity bib, bibs mm. for our volunteerism, um, for the Boston marathon. We're going to offer this out to employees before we offer this out to, you know, the general public where mm. we put out you, there's like a whole application process. So they said, here's our fundraising minimum, submit your application. If you want to be considered and at the time I was going through some really deep personal stuff. I didn't really know, you know, what was next for me. So mm-hmm. signing up for a marathon was like a great way for me to kind of just divert the reality mm-hmm. of what was going on in my personal life. Yeah. And so I signed up, I was like, but with that, I also knew just as a runner, a marathon is on my bucket list of life. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And if I'm going to run a marathon, I might as well run the Boston marathon. It's, you know, home territory for me and it's Boston. Yeah. So I go in, you know, with this very naive mindset, I'm a sprinter. So I don't think we ever ran over. I don't think my history had ever put me over like five miles ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So very naively, you know, sign up for this marathon. I get accepted. um, And it's for the 2013 Boston marathon. So I start training. Mm-hmm. I have a whole team. It's a really great experience. Um, and then of course the 2013 Boston marathon was the year of the bombings. Mm-hmm. So 
my transition into distance running. So from sprints into distance running was very unintentional. Mm -hmm. I was about a mile, a mile and a half from the finish line before we were pulled off the course and said, we had to stay put. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a whole experience and story in itself, but the next year, so I have, you know, all my teammates. Um, Unfortunately, one of our, um, our teammates' dads was injured in the bombing. So um, we all kind of came together as a team and said, we're going to come back, you know, love over hate. We're going to show, you know, everybody that we own these streets. Mm -hmm. So I then signed up for the 2014 Boston Marathon. So that was kind of like an unintentional, you know, now I'm going to continue training long distance. And then after that, it was uh, one of my girlfriends wanted to run a half marathon for her bachelorette party. So then I started training for that. And uh, then, you know, after wait, wait, three wait, of wait. them, M- most people go to like Austin, Texas, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, bachelorette. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people, a lot of people just go like to Vegas, maybe Miami, but no, no, no. Yeah. Your, your girlfriend no. just wanted to uh, run a half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Disney and we ran a half marathon. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, that's fun. In our, it Orlando, was a lot right? of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It was really fun. And so, and ever since then, I was like, you know what, more half marathons, more 5Ks, I learned. So after that job in um, Massachusetts, I then got a job in DC. And then that was, you know, they relocated me to Philly Mm. and I'm still here, but I had found that running, showing up to run groups, doing races in these cities was a great way for me to meet people. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of just kept going. And so I've just kept running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one, one day I did, I did tell myself after I ran two charity Boston marathons, I said, one day I will be back here as a qualified runner. And there I did go. that in 2019. So nice. Yeah. Congratulations. That's really thank you. Cool. Yeah. So it's okay. So walk me through the, not only transitions from moving around a few times, but from like having a nine to five job to then pursuing, uh, training and being a run coach full-time walk me through that process and and that experience. Yeah. So sales at Gillette stadium transferred into working a more corporate, um, corporate sales job down Mm -hmm. in DC. That was the company that relocated me here to Philly. And then I transferred into the financial industry for a little bit, but it was like business development, again, sales oriented, mm-hmm. very forward facing. Um, and I, oh, I mean, sports are my life. It's the way mm-hmm. one that I've identified with a lot of my personal healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the way I've met people. It's the way I've gotten to know and kind of just, I identify myself as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, when I moved to Philly, I'm on class pass. I'm going to all these boutique gyms, trying to figure out like where I fit in and, you know, different coaching styles. So then I end up in a sales position with a gym here in oh, Philadelphia. Cool. And, um, there was a, a type of class at the gym that I was selling for uh, that I really wanted to coach. And they were like, okay, you have to get this personal training certification. Mm. I said, great. So I got it. And then all of my corporate business contacts that I've just made over the years, um, a couple of them reached out and said, Hey, I heard you got personal training certified. Will Mm. you coach me? And at first I said, no, (laughs) Tom Brady Brady didn't call you and said, Hey, can you be my personal trainer? Right. Oh man. (laughs) Could you imagine? Yeah, like that. Wow. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we just, uh, I, I kept saying no. My friend kept badgering me. And I said, you know what? Fine. He's like, just test it out on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know any different and I don't know any, any better. So like, yeah. just try it out. And so then the personal training um, came into play. I was fired from that sales job. I've been fired from several sales jobs. Mm. (laughs) Corporate lifestyle wasn't really my thing. Any, like anyway, they were all blessings in disguise, Yeah, yeah. but it led me into this place uh, where then this social club was opening Mm -hmm. and I knew 
the woman who is like a really, really big into the, the fitness scene in Philly. She was like the epitome of it. And she, um, was the one hiring for this facility who had a gorgeous gym and she was hiring for trainers. And I said, I've never group instructed a class, you know, outside of this gym and this one particular style, but I'd love to try it here. And Mm -hmm. so ever since then, I've been a coach, um, at the Fittler club in Philadelphia. And, uh, that's where I do all my group instruction right now. Nice. How long did it take you to get certified in personal training? I think it was like a two month study process and then like a one weekend where you're in the classroom for several hours. Okay. Yeah. Very similar to, uh, very similar to the, my run coaching certification. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You have that too. That's, that's, Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about doing both. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it. So that's why I'm asking about the process because something that has come up that I'm interested in doing. So we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so you, so now, but you, did you know when you got certified as a personal trainer that you wanted to focus in running or was that like, okay, that you kind of fell into that as well, or you knew, walk me through that. Yeah. So Um, I mean, just as a runner and all of these experiences I've accumulated, um, because I've also dabbled into ultra marathon running. Um, Mm. well, is that the, uh, run across Haiti? Yeah. Okay. We can talk about that too, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Walk me through the experience. Yeah. And so, um, the little following that I have on Instagram, a lot of people started reaching out saying, Hey, do you have tips for running in the winter time? Do you Mm. have tips on race day nutrition or how to train with nutrition? Like, how do I get through a long run? Do you have a training plan you recommend that I follow? Mm -hmm. And so just the more questions I got around that. And I mean, just how I just know I've been running for 17 years now. Mm -hmm. It's a, that's a lot of experience under my belt. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have dabbled between the sprints and the distance. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can coach pretty on, on a pretty wide scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the USA, USA track and field was actually hosting a coaching seminar here in Philadelphia. And it was like three blocks from where I live. And I said, Oh, I can't, I have to, I yeah. have to do this. Why not? It's um, right yeah. Yeah. And I knew one of the coaches who was actually, uh, he was coaching the seminar. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to show up. And so, yeah, it was kind of like, now that I think about it, like very natural, obvious thing to have done, but yeah. wasn't something that I was like, oh, hmm, maybe I should do this. It was kind of just like, oh, hey, it's right here. Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was of- like, <laughs> yeah, the universe was just like you take this. This yeah. is where you belong. <laughs> a series of fortunate events to happen that just kind yeah. of led you into that path. That's totally, cool. um, totally. So what, what are your winter tips and tricks for running and training in the winter? Like, what are they? Let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's oh, I here. love running in the winter time, but we just, I mean, we just talked about this. I don't, but like, we'll go ahead. Oh, I, I love know. it. I, I am know. not, I'm very sensitive to the heat. So I am not a hot weather. <laughs> I know from, from that <laughs> track experience. Four. Yeah. From that track experience. <laughs> yeah. You're huffing and puffing. Oh and my now, God. Yeah, now we know. Seriously. Um, so yeah. Winter tips, lots of layers, layers lots yeah. and lots of layers. Layers are your best friend. Yep. Um, if you can manage it when the sun's out, because it just gets a little bitter cold, mm-hmm. you know, before the sun's up. And even though it's kind of really cool to, to run in those hours, mm-hmm. um, getting those, uh, strap-ons over your shoes. So you can, uh, oh my gosh, what are they called? Right uh, on the grip? tip of my tongue. Grips. Yeah. But I don't know. There's a, ta- there's a specific brand guy. I'm thinking. Okay. So it, yeah, it's basically, it's basically like ice, you know, clamps that you just, oh, yeah trap onto your shoe Mm -hmm. so you don't take a spill while you're out running Mm -hmm. um ears head hands covered um lots of bright colors if you are going to run not in the sunshine 
mm-hmm. just so other people can see you coming. Um, I have this cool like neon light up vest, like it's an actual, oh, wow. it just blinks. Oh, wow. Um, and you can also do, you can find like super easy clip-ons, mm-hmm. um, that light up and you just clip them all over your body. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. My winter tips and tricks is, uh, to not run in it, <laughs> to move, no, no, to move, to move somewhere warm. Uh, like I told you, I'm, you I'm, I'm, I'm about to go to Florida in a week <laughs> or two. And like, that's my, my winter training program is I go, I, I migrate to somewhere warm, um, that's funny. and spend a few months, uh, in still the heat. Uh, that's my winter tips and tricks. If you can do it, do it. Um, that's funny. no, it's, I, I mean, I can run, I'm like, I'm used to running in the cold by now and having lived in New York, you know, for past three, past handful of years, like I'm used to the running in the cold. Um, it doesn't really phase me. I just prefer to be in the sun and to be in the heat. Like I love to sweat. That's, if, you know, it's, it's a, it's the Southern part of me, I guess, like growing up sure. in Texas. Yeah. Um, I'm so used to like getting a, a good workout and like just drenched. Um, yeah. I'm even not like, into that. Like last, like last <laughs> year when there was that big snowstorm that hit, um around like christmas time or thanksgiving christmas time this time last year um yeah i would like went out and ran in the in the snow that was up to my waist you know like that that's still pretty cool experience and like you said even running when before the sun is up like i'm all for that too or like running right when uh it's like the sun is rising that's a beautiful time too yeah oh yeah it's gorgeous are you an early bird or like do you get up pretty early oh yeah yeah i i love i used to be evening like when i was in corporate jobs i was an evening work outer evening all the things uh and then i transitioned into mornings and it totally flip-flopped how i just am in my day Mm -hmm. i i get all of this adrenaline so I would be that annoying, yeah. I would be that annoying person at 9am in the elevator going up to my corporate office. Cause I made that transition. Actually, when I started training for my first run across Haiti, mm. I made that morning transition. So I would, I would go up in the elevator, be chatting, you know, with everybody and they're like, I haven't even had my coffee yet. Why this are you talking to me? Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 good morning. How are you today? What time do you wake up? Right now, it depends on the day, but okay. I'm usually up anywhere between 5.20 and 6, 6.15. Do you, do you run every day? Or like, do you run in the mornings or, um, or you work out every day for sure, right? Or no? Um, the past year has been an opportunity for me to just take a break. Got it. I... I mean, I shared with you a little bit about my story. So Mm -hmm. competing three sport athlete and then going into really intense, you know, division one competition and then right into the Boston marathon, it's always, and then into the cross your training for like those five periods. Um, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And so in college, I mean, we would train for 11 months out of the year. We'd get yeah. one month off in the summertime. Yeah. Cause you had the indoor and outdoor season and, um, yeah. So the past year. And so after my last run across Haiti and the Boston, my Boston marathon, my qualified Boston marathon, mm-hmm. I kind of was like, I'm going to chill. And time, it wasn't, it wasn't like something that I told myself to do. Mm-hmm. It was something that where my body was just like, Meh, do it when you feel like it. Yeah, yeah. And so really for me, the past year has been way more about coaching and educating other people about running than it has mm-hmm. been for me to go out and get PRs or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I've, I've just been enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. So don't let me forget that we want, I want to talk about you coaching and running and running groups uh, that you're involved with in Philly, mm-hmm. but cool. walk me through uh, how you got involved with run across Haiti and what got you into ultra marathoning. Yeah. So the run across Haiti popped up on my Facebook as an ad wow. because they did something with, uh, you know, when you like click on a video and then you watch a video and then it connects you to something similar. Yes. 
at least the old algorithms, algorithms. used to do that. Listen, you're talking on, on to us. I'm a social media expert. If you didn't know that, that's my, I didn't uh, know that. Please help me. That's my profession. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I specialize in social media marketing. Um, no way. Specifically, I need, yeah. I need some help, so man. I, I have uh, all the digital background and traditional media background, but I, for the handful of past handful of years, I specialize in social media, but yeah. So, um, Facebook so I, issue with a similar video. Yeah. So I, um, I used to be really involved with November project. Okay. Um, and so November project has this thing called summit and it's mm-hmm. just where all of the groups can collectively come and compete over a weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching a summit video, uh, the November project. I don't know if they still do, but they used to have a partnership with the North face. Mm-hmm. And so after I watched a few of the summit videos, um, this video came up about the run across Haiti. And because the run across Haiti had sent two of, or the North Face sent two of their um, endurance athletes to run the run across Haiti. So Mm -hmm. they had this like really cool promo video. So the attachment was, was North Face. And, um, and I watched the video and I got chills and I, I'm, I've always been that person where like, when I hear a super motivational speaker, Mm -hmm or like a really inspiring podcast, I am like all in. I <laughs> love that shit. I want to do it. Nice. Like I want to be on, on stage speaking to people. There you go. You know, and yeah. so I've always just been really drawn to that. And so, you know, the way this video just made me feel, it, it was like, I was so inspired and excited. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I did want to run a, an ultra marathon at some point in my life. Like, might as well run across the country. It was kind of like what happened with Boston. It was like, well, mm-hmm. I know I want to run a marathon at some point. Might as well be Boston. Check. And now it's like your bucket list. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, I know I want to run a, an ultra marathon. Might as well be across the country. And, and also for a good cause. So most of the races I have run at some capacity have been for charity. Mm-hmm. So I think personally, I've been able to raise like over $30,000 for varying charities. And so thank you. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really rewarding when you Mm -hmm. understand when you're really attached to the cause. Mm -hmm. And so I, I saw the hype video and for the run across Haiti and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But before like I were to submit anything, I want to learn about what the cause is for. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted the nonprofit organization who puts on this run and they're called Work. They're based out of Pittsburgh. They also have an office in LA. And I reached out and I said, hey, can you provide me some information? Um, they did a great job of doing that. And then I was like, can I talk to another runner though? Like, I want to hear oh. it from a runner's perspective. Like what, what, what's it entail? And, you know, cause so, yeah, so I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, thought that it was something I could do and that I really wanted to, to push myself to try out. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I learned through marathon training, I had mentioned I was going through like a really hard personal experience at the time. Um, I didn't feel strong or like I had like a good sense of self-worth at all at that point in my life. Um, and so marathon training, the endurance aspect of it showed me how strong I could be in my body. And it made Mm -hmm. me feel like I could have control. And then once I had that control in my body, it gave me control in my mind. And so kind of pushing the envelope in terms of getting to an endurance aspect of it, Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, now I know I I do have, you know, the mental toughness, but how tough is it? I've got a strong body, but how strong is it? And so there, and, and then also like growing attached to, I'm a, I'm an Aquarius. I'm really into astrology. Um, and Aquarians are known as like the humanitarians of the Zodiac. Um, you know, we kind of acknowledge like a little bit of sacrifice for the greater good. Mm. And, um, like also in college, I was in a sorority, I was philanthropy chair. So I've always had this like attachment into philanthropic work. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, really falling in love with the cause of learning about 
what the work that we do in Haiti mm-hmm. um, was just what I needed to to do to kind of get myself to this level of of mental security and self-awareness and enlightenment in my life. Mm-hmm. How well, how was the race? Like how was the or like and well, I how, how was it was tra- hard. How was, how was training? Like, how was training for that compared to marathon training or like training for Boston? And then, like, how was the race itself? And how did you think? How did you feel during the race? Yeah. So, with endurance right, running, it's really time on your feet. Yeah. So I would spend, you know, all my conference calls standing or conference Mm -hmm. meetings, I I would just spend standing. I would Mm -hmm. spend as much time on my feet as I could. I would walk everywhere instead of taking Ubers. Uh, But it was a lot of, it, (laughs) it was a lot of back to back to back training uh, because it's, it was 200 miles, 200 miles from the North shore to the South coast. And we did that over a course of seven days. So each day you're given a certain amount of mileage so that as a team, you can, you can finish together. Um, and so, and also so that the staff isn't overexerted, right? So Mm -hmm. we're not just letting people just bang out 200 miles as quick as they can every day. You're just given a new, a new route and like a a new checkpoint. And yeah, yeah. You get your checkpoints. And when you get there, you stop. Um, so yeah, I think the shortest run was 30, uh, was 13 miles. The longest was 52. Wow. And it's on the last day (laughs) and it is up a 4,000 foot. (laughs) The first, the first marathon, the first marathon's fairly flat. And then the second marathon, you are climbing and climbing and climbing and then you start to make this beautiful descent where you start to see the water and then you get excited and yeah 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 the the experience was like incredibly rewarding mm-hmm. very humbling mm-hmm. um very eye opening mm-hmm. yeah That's it was awesome. It was so, so cool. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing experience. You're see, talk about hype videos. You're getting me excited now. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I want to run across. Come on. Um, My first. So when does it happen? Like, when is it? That's another great question. Um, We've had to make some adjustments just because of all of the, you know, political stuff that's been happening Mm -hmm. in Haiti. So, so my first run across Haiti was in 20. 18 it was in 2018 and that was in february it was usually like the second or last week of february yeah early early in the year year. yeah and then the next year we had to pivot um because of some political stuff that was happening down there it was just Mm -hmm. safer for us to off put our travel so we traveled and competed in may of 2019 got it uh, and then in 2020, we made it virtual. Yeah. Uh, and then also this year where we made it virtual too. So instead of doing 200 miles in the seven day period, mm-hmm. you could sign up for it. Um, and then you could run it just throughout the entire month of May. So you had oh, okay. your, your, your goal for the month of May was to just finish 200 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll yeah. definitely keep my eye out. Yeah. The more you, the, the more information you get or when you get it, let me know. And I'll, uh, that'd be, that'd be such yes, a, we'll get you on board. I'm very hopeful, you know, in the next two or three years, you know, that we can, yeah. we can go back, make it happen. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like such a great experience. Um, and even just hearing, hearing the story sounds like a, like a great one. It sounds like, like a wonderful experience. Um, all right. So diving back into right now, um, as a run coach and trainer, what, um, running groups do you run with in Philly? Walk me through like your day to day, walk me through the culture in Philly. I've only passed through Philly a handful of times. I've never really been immersed in the running culture there. So, um, walk me through just that experience, uh, and the vibes down there right now. Yeah. Philly, Philly's got a whole bunch of run clubs. Mm. all in like different pockets of the neighborhoods. I feel like it's probably the same up there in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you got all these different pockets of, of run clubs that you can, you can 
you know, hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I run with a group called OPAC, Original Propaganda Athletic Club. Um, Brody is our leader there. He's the man. Shout out, uh, shout, out, shout out to Brody. Shout out Brody. Shout out Brody. Um, I have been running with them probably for two years. Okay. Maybe actually longer than that at this point, maybe three years. Um, and actually two of my girlfriends and I just started our own run club and we just had, uh, we meet on Thursday nights and we just had our third run last night. Oh, cool. That's, that's awesome. Congratulations on, on the run club. Thank you. Yeah. They're two gals that I recruited to run the run across Haiti with me my oh, second cool. time doing it. Mm-hmm. So the first time I did it, I was the only one in Philly. The second time I recruited three other women to do it with me. And then we were, when we had intention to, to go in 2020, uh, we had a group of 10, mm. which is really, really cool um, to see it just grow organically. And just from storytelling, yeah. uh, it, it's really remarkable to see the types of people that want to come forward and say, Hey, I think I can do this thing, or I'm at least going to challenge myself too. Cause it's uncomfortable. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we don't have, we don't get weather there. Like we have here, mm-hmm. Philly is super flat. So, yeah, yeah. you know, to, to train on, you know, for Hills and mountains and stuff, it's, it can be kind of tough that transition. Um, so yeah. Uh Actually, so I think, yeah, I've been to Philly two or three times, but so I've been, mm-hmm. I ran through the the Rocky statue, of yep. course, I had to do that, ran the steps, I do that every time I go to Philly, and then, but like, what is, I'm trying to look it up, like what, there's like a, a whole school- run path. Yeah, so that's called that. the Schuylkill Trail. Yep, I do that. Yep, and you can take time. that, yeah, you can take that all the way up towards you know, I mean, I could say like names fair, of places, fair, but Fairmount Park and going. Oh up, yeah, through Fairmount, yeah. you've got. Um, That's a vibe um, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially Manny Ank up there. Especially in the fall. So yeah, so I told you, like, I really do migrate to the south for the winter. But so I go, I go to my one of my first stops is in Philly, and then um, I'll do a yeah, I'll do uh, a night in Philly, and then continue with like road tripping back down to florida yes let me know when you're Um, here we'll get a run in that'd be cool yeah for sure a very flat run yeah i love it i love it down there but also coincidentally i always travel mostly in the fall or winter so like i always get that the foliage and like the scene Mm -hmm. is such a vibe and it it just like it is really nice yeah it's always been around this time uh that i'm usually in the area yeah um what prompted uh you to start your own running group like what, did you have an idea? Just what, what prompted you to do that? Yeah. You know, I think, I don't even really know it, the three of us, we've become best friends. A- another series of fortunate events that. All of yeah. A sudden it's like, I don't, I don't know that any other way our lives would have brought us together. So mm. it's kind of like a serendipitous, like, I don't, I just don't know that we would be as close as we are now had we not had this shared in this, you know, experience together running Mm. across the country. (laughs) And um, yeah, we just, we always get together and we kind of talk about the run scene here or like what we'd like to see more of or less of and how we want to have a voice in how things are done around here. Mm -hmm. And so we said, you know what? And like, just to have like, women empowerment, women coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some run groups in Philly that have women leaders, but it's not very many. Mm. And so kind of just expanding upon, we all have done a lot of philanthropy work. Um, yeah, we all have professions where we're helping other people and giving back. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of made sense like, hey, if we're not hearing what we wanna hear or seeing what we wanna see, why don't we make space for that? Mm-hmm. So we kind of came together and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And yeah, that's what we're nice. doing. We're called why we run. I was going to say, yeah. What's the name of the group? Um, do you have a uh, Instagram? Do you have social media? We do. Why we run crew. There we go. At why, why we run crew. Um, yeah. that's cool. That's really cool. Um, and, uh, 
So anything that you're training for now or like, uh, yeah, what do you have? What races do you have coming up? Uh, so I've got, we have Philly marathon weekend coming. Okay. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are participating. That's like a big Philly. What I've come to learn about Philly being here for seven years now, Philly loves their own. Yeah. Like if you're an outsider, they're very skeptical of you until mm-hmm. you like prove yourself worthy yeah. of like being involved. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so a lot of our like homegrown or home run races here, you get really great turnout. Mm. Um, and so Philly marathon weekend is one of those weekends. And, uh, yeah, so we have a lot of people running, uh, I am signed up for the 8k. 8k. Yeah. Well, uh, is there a reason why you, you don't want to do the, the full or why you didn't sign up for a full marathon or half marathon or why you just chose 8k? I just, yeah, I, I'm just not really into the super distant stuff mm. right now, I but say, I if, do if have I, something on my radar, which might mean okay. I have to start training at the end okay, of the month. Okay. So we'll, so we'll see, stay yeah. tuned. But I, I did, um, recently I ran two five K's okay. and surprisingly like was pretty, and I'm not trained like training, training for them. And I was just yeah, pretty yeah. surprised by my times. And I was like, nice. okay, maybe, maybe I'll stick with short distance right now. I'm having okay. fun with it. Yeah. And yeah. so I like, say, if I, I yeah, proved I was... to myself, I can do speed, I can do distance. Mm. So now I'm just having fun. Yeah. I was going to say that was kind of a, of a, of a alley-oop question. Cause I feel like that definitely, I've, what I gather now is that you're all for the experience. Like you are still pretty much like not taking a pause, but just enjoying the moment a little bit more, right? Like yeah. a little bit more present. It's less of a job, less of a requirement and more like doing what you feel is right. Yeah. Which I'm coaching is- a lot of people right now for their first half or their first marathon. Oh, cool. That's been a lot of fun for me. Are they going to do Philly? Is are a lot of yeah. your training going to run Philly? Oh, awesome. Yep. Yep. How, how has that process been? Uh, how many people have you been coaching different distances, different goals like how has that been to try to navigate those training programs for the individual yeah so I mean I'm so personally tied and personally attached to running Mm -hmm. I think a lot about the resources I did and did not have access to when Mm -hmm. I signed up for my first marathon Mm -hmm. so when I went into it so naively I'm like I wish somebody would have told me this like I learned everything the hard way. Mm-hmm. I chose to learn everything yeah. the wow. hard way. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love that you said that because I'm the exact same way. Like I, I do not choose the easy option ever. Like if, yeah, if they're presented to me on the table, like, no, I would, I will purposely go the long and hard route uh, to that, just that, to, to do just Which, that, to learn the hard way. So same. And like sidebar, like I, also am known in the spiritual sense of myself to self-sabotage. So (laughs) (laughs) there's this consistent theme Uh, of, you know, just putting up blocks for myself to make it harder. But I always take away a lesson. Like my Mm. biggest thing is like from something that you experience that it's really hard or seems impossible. What's the lesson? What Mm. did I gain from it? What did I learn from it? And so I very much identify, yes, I have 17 years of running experience under my belt, but I also had to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. My first two marathons were four, no, 520. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's great. You're still, you finished, like you're still marathon. It was like 519 and like 524. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's cool. I, that's I also, it, it took a couple of marathons for me to be like, okay, this is how we do it. This is how we it, train yeah. properly. This is how we fuel. And yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. now it's super rewarding to get those athletes coming to me, you know, to say that they, they want some help because I'm like, please nice. don't learn the way I had to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> let, let me help you. Yeah, it's like, you runners a... are like my first to uh, my, my favorite to work with. So. Oh, cool. But they're not yeah. your first, right? Uh, you were going to say that, or like they're you've, you've coached a handful of people by now. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Excited. I'm sure you're super excited for that. I mean, that's, that's coming up fast. Um, yeah. we just noted that. Yeah. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. 
Um, well, yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Good luck. I'm sure you're going to have you. a lot of fun during the 8k yeah. and good luck to your, um, I get about your run crew. Yeah. Run crew. Um, yeah. and the people that you're training for, for their half marathon and their marathons. And yes, um, thank you. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, we just have the New York city marathon coming up this weekend. So that's something to ooh, look ooh. forward to on, on our end. Yeah. But you're not going to be here, huh? Or you you might come. I'm not come coming up for the marathon. Yeah. yeah. I, I am thinking though the weekend after. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So that, there's a lot of excitement in the air now. Um, marathon. I know season it's fun. It's, I love, yeah, I love this time of year. A lot of things happening. Um, but cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Um, this, this was great. Uh, thank you for the time. Um, yes, Jacob Legend. Thank you so, <laughs> so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. Um, yeah. Again, good luck. I'm sure we're going to chat soon. Uh, thank you for your time, audience. Thank you for awesome. listening. Thank As, you, guys. Yep. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories. All right. We're out.